George Bernard Shaw might have once said that America and Britain are two countries divided by a common language. On this podcast, we aim to explore the commonalities and differences in American and British culture, vernacular, voices, accents, and more. Welcome to Transatlanticism. Okay. Okay. Hello. Hello. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode three of Transatlanticism. We're so excited today <laughs> to be talking about the first of um, hopefully what we're planning on being three conversations, maybe more even, mm-hmm. um, over uh, on the topic of regionality. That's kind of a weird way to phrase it. Maybe we'll think of a better way to talk about it. Well, you know, it's like the different bits about, um, to give like an overview of each country, you know, the US and the UK. I think it's that these discussions which we'll be doing about, you know, muni- municipality and um, the way England and the US are structured, you know, it will give a, a greater understanding of all our listeners to be able to have a listen and go, oh, so this is what it's like in all those areas. Sure. Right? Yeah. Also, mainly we're just talking about some of the differences about about differences between regions. And, um, of course, these are broad swaths. They're not universal truths or absolute truths, but they're sort of... Basically, today, we're going to talk about the North and the South in each country. Oh, yeah. And so... Yeah. Big disclaimer. Yeah. Big disclaimer is, you know, this is... These are... I wouldn't say they're stereotypes, but they're kind of generalities that we've noticed that we understand from our own experiences of, yeah. these two, of these two countries and places. And when we talk about the North and the South for the United States, we're certainly really just talking about the Eastern Seaboard for the most part. And we'll get into all of the other uh, vibrant, lively regions of the United States, of which there are so many, in the next episode. So that one will be about... The Midwest, California, the West, etc. And the same, the same with the UK. When when we'll be talking about the North and South, we'll be mostly, you know, the generic stereotypes of North and South. Whereas our great, you know, friends in Wales and Scotland and Northern Ireland and 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 the Midlands, I just learned that um, we'll be talking about them in a, a future podcast because they're also very important. Yes, but not necessarily a part of the sort of two distinct regions we're discussing Mm. Mm. um, in this episode. So we wanted to kind of talk about, because the North-South divide is prevalent in both countries. Yeah, it's like an identity thing that both of the... I didn't realize there was one in the U.S., Yeah, truthfully. I I thought that, um, especially the Eastern Seaboard, that everyone was just kind of all lumped together and that you shared... You know, from the colonial times, they all shared like a oh, we were the colonies and stuff. But no, like from what you've been from what you've been saying, there really is like a a divide between the South. You know, would you say that the, the 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 states that make up the South and then the Northern like New York and stuff? Well, it's difficult because we live in pretty divisive times, and we're trying to uh, sort of stay away as much as we can from too divisive 
of topics. But it is true, I think, that there is a kind of, um, there is, certainly isn't any, oh, we were the 13 original colonies sort of brotherhood between, I don't know, somewhere like Maryland and North Carolina or something. It doesn't exist. The, our, our historical brains sort of don't go back that far. They sort of only go back as far as really the the Civil War, which was a, mostly a North-South divide, I feel. There is a kind of all of these conversations in the United States about what makes a quote-unquote Southern state. And there's this line called the Mason-Dixon line, which is what was used to delineate the North and the South in the Civil War. And that is still sometimes referred to today about, you know, below the Mason-Dixon line, you'll find X, Y, and Z, whereas north of it, you'll find something else. Who knows? Um, sometimes oh, is that like a like, rhyme? No, no, not a rhyme. No, no, oh. no. Just, just that's sometimes how people refer to things. Um, and and that goes back very far. And I think there's sort of trickle-down elements of that North-South divide still today in the United States that are that affected in kind of weird, funny ways. And of course, and this is something we're also going to talk about um, in this sort of region regionality series, is um, people speak differently from those two places, obviously. There's really big, different regional dialects and accents. And interestingly, there is a similar North-South divide in the UK. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I found out that there's not really a line. We don't have a thing like mm-hmm. the Mason-Dixon line, right. but there is a kind of line. What's, like, the, what's the kind of line? Uh, it's from... Oh, let me get my notes. It's from... <laughs> so it's from... Uh, if, you, if you want to think of it, like, uh, there's, there's some rivers that run through... Because the middle of England, there's a lot of, like, rivers and canals and stuff. Mm-hmm. So one of the lines is the, the easiest line to draw that people think is from the Severn Estuary to uh, the Wash... You, have no, you, you won't have any. <laughs> no, I have no idea. <laughs> you won't, you won't know um, where they're from. Um, but it, for like cities wise, uh, it's from Gloucester to Kings Lynn. Is the south or is the north? Or is That's what? like the line that divides. Oh, from the east two. to west? Yeah. I see. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So for people who don't know any of those places, um, I mean, I know Gloucester, but for listeners, American listeners maybe, who don't know any of those places, Generally, we're talking about the South is London. Well, there's whole. Well, I've got a whole. I've got a blooming long. I've got a long list of like what the counties are and stuff. So basically, um, if, if if you're trying to picture it, if you imagine what um, the United Kingdom looks like, uh, that long little squiggly bit that's uh, right down the bottom that looks like a pointy witch's finger, uh, all the way up, uh, you cut out Wales. Because Wales, Wales, the Welsh are on their own. The Welsh, the Welsh are good on their own. They're, they're quite happy on their own. Um, so if you fo- follow that little pointy bit and you go all the way up uh, till you get around about like, just under Birmingham, I think, and on top of Bristol, I think that's where Gloucester is. I can't remember. But you get to about there, and then you travel all the way across, and you come to like the little, uh, let's call it the hump. You know, the hump on the on the right hand side. If you don't know what he's talking about, pull up a map of. The UK. There's a, there's a definite hump. <laughs> if you look, if you look on the on the right of it, you'll see that little that little knobbly humpy bit, and I think that's where it goes across to. Okay, but generally, we're talking about when we talk about the big difference. You have London as like the dominating part of the South because it's the biggest city and it's huge. Yeah, yeah, and sprawling. Yeah, yeah. And then the cities in the North are what Manchester, Sheffield. Well, do you want me? Do you want me? Shall I go through all the list of like the major 
cities. Sure, yeah, just so, okay. like the big cities. So these are so these are the big cities uh, in in uh, England, which constitute the north and south. So hold on, wait. Just gonna bring my little bit of paper. So the major cities for the south, uh, they are London, Bristol, Plymouth, Southampton, Reading, Portsmouth, Luton, Norwich, uh, Bournemouth, and Swindon. So those are the main those are the main ones in the south, which you can kind of understand because if you think about those that list of cities, uh, they have a lot of top the top universities and stuff. Uh, a lot of um, big commercial areas, a lot of shipping areas as well. If you look, if you think of it, there's a lot of ports in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for the north, for Americans the Americans would probably know. The average American would know only a couple of those cities by name. Yeah, really, so. only probably what London and Bristol, maybe mm-hmm. Plymouth. Yeah, maybe because of your Plymouth Rock. And right. Yeah. What do you think? Anyone? Yeah. Luton, Luton, my hometown. Yeah, nobody knows what Luton is. Luton! FC. That's not really your hometown. Well, yeah, it's closest hometown. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then for the north, for the north of England... It's a long list you've got there. Uh, we have, I know, Let you me. should see the counties on the other side. Well, yeah, you you just wait. You, you, you wait, <laughs> don't worry. There's some big, long, big, long counties. Um, we've got uh, Manchester, uh, we've got Leeds, we've got Sheffield, uh, Liverpool, Bradford... Uh, Newcastle upon Tyne, uh, Kingston upon Hull, uh, you got York, uh, Middlesbrough, and Huddersfield. Those are the main like those are the main northern towns. Huddersfield. Huddersfield. Yeah, that's where our friend is doing his PhD. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one, yeah. So for American listeners, you heard York, and then we you know we have New York. So there's a little connection for you. <laughs> it is in fact the New York. That's what it was designed to be. <laughs> Anyhow, so that's interesting. So, uh, again, I don't think a ton of American listeners would know a lot of those places, but um, if they look York, at the map, York, they maybe, because, I mean, yeah. that's like... York yeah. was in Wars of the Roses, wasn't it? Sure, yeah. Isn't that right? York? Well, anyhow, so... I think York. Yeah, the Houses of York, with the White Roses. Am I right? We'll get on to that. We'll do history later. <laughs> interesting, so that's the... Well, I don't know why you gave us those lists. What was the point of those lists? Of well, those, those are like the main cities in the north-south divide. So on one side you have the north, which is, you know, I won't read them all out again. But the second list that I read out, that's the northern major cities. And then uh, the first list I read out, that was all the uh, southern uh, major cities in the north-south divide. What would you say it is in America? What would be the major cities on that? Um, Over the Mason-Dixon line on either side. Well, obviously, the problem I think New York has, and the New York, the problem the North has is that people who don't know anything about America sort of think America is only New York and L.A. So they know that New York is in the Northeast, um, and people kind of tend to go, when you tell them you're from the States, they go, oh, are you from New York? As if it's one of the only, or are you from California? As if they're the only two places. Um, And obviously, they have enormous populations, but so obviously, you have New York City, which Mm -hmm. is, you know. One of the biggest NYC. cities in 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 the world, and the you know, I think it's the second biggest now in the states. I think San Francisco might be bigger now, or LA might be bigger. Anyhow, those are the top three. But also in the north, you have Boston, Boston, which is another big city. Ba- Boston, that's right, isn't it? <laughs> is that, that good? I thought ba- we weren't talking Boston. about accents. Oh no, yeah, we're doing that. Um, I just like I like that one. Boston, Boston, where my brother and sister in law and our nieces live. Hi. And then 
Yeah, you have. I mean, you've got other places, of course, but could you list off a few? I suppose I could, but I don't. I guess my point is that what happens to the Northeast and especially to New England is it all sort of gets lumped together. So, I think Boston kind of becomes representative of all of New England, and then you have New York, and then you have Philadelphia, which is in Pennsylvania. And then as you're coming down, you've got Baltimore, which is in Maryland, um, and then you get to D.C. And D.C. is sort of, because D.C. is between Virginia and Maryland, it's kind of the, it kind of, what am I trying to say? It kind of lays across the across the Mason-Dixon line. It breaches both sides, oh, it's sort like of. A, it's like a bridge city. Sort of, yeah. In, in, in a, but not in a physical sense, more in like an intangible, esoteric kind of intellectual sense. Mm-hmm. Um which makes sense because D.C. is the capital of the country. It should be representative of the whole country, one would think. And then the biggest southern city really is Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, other big southern cities people might know would be Charleston, South Carolina, Savannah, Georgia. Um, New Orleans. New Orleans. But that's getting into the deep south. So when we talk about, like, the south... Oh, the, is there a cutoff? There's a, there's a sort of... There's even more going on there in the south where you have the deep south states like Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, and then the other part of the South, which is Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, um, Kentucky, so Virginia. I said Florida. Oh, you did? Yeah. But Florida is sort of a beast all on its own. Even though Florida is, like, technically part of the South, it isn't, it doesn't adhere to a lot of the Southernisms that people typically think of. Um, Florida is a fascinating place. But it, and then again, it does it does sort of fall in with some of the of the kind of deep South Southernisms. So it's kind of a beast all on its own. Mm-hmm. But the biggest city, really, in the South would be, I would say, it would be Atlanta, Georgia. Driving in Atlanta is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Big fact. The main fact: Atlanta, Georgia. It's true. It Driving you, is terrible. Anybody, any people who live in Atlanta right now are nodding their heads because they know. They know. That's like all the memes about Atlanta are how oh, is hard it, it is, is to is drive How there. hard it is to yeah, like drive around. forever. Yeah. <laughs> Not as bad as LA from what I understand, but it's still awful. We've been, you don't remember because you were probably sleeping, but we've been stuck in Atlanta traffic before on one of our car trips in the US. I do not. Oh, I remember with your parents. I remember that yeah. one. Yeah, I yes. remember that. I was awake. I was awake at that point. Oh, good job. <laughs> So, so what would you say in the U.S. does the North and South divide? Where does that, like, stem from? And what would you... Yeah. Where would you say that stems from? What's the history of that division? Well, again, I don't want to get into, like, too divisive topics. But a lot of it goes back... I mean, the whole point of the Civil War was this sort of battle between the North and the South, which was ultimately over slavery. But in the sense that it was over slavery, it was connected, therefore, to businesses and the kind of businesses people ran. So plantations, farms, versus more industrial kind of businesses happening in the north. And the way that kind of trickled down is that most of the industry in, in America was in the northeast. And, like, coal mining and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and then you had this really agricultural South. And then what sort of began to happen, I, I guess, I don't know if it's naturally or not, but then you sort of had the Southern 
um, agricultural people as the North began to become more, perhaps you could consider it, corporate. And interestingly, like you were saying about the South of England, um, which I think kind of what we came to in discussing this episode is that some of the things about the North and the South divide are quite similar in our two countries, except Mm. they're flipped. Your Mm. South is like our North. Because in the Northeast of the United States, you have all of the Ivy League schools. So you have kind of the best universities. Yeah, see, I find that very interesting, the whole thing, because just reading that list, I was like, oh, wow, there are very, well, you have London on that list, obviously, on the list I I read out about the cities in either one. And you think about, um, yeah, like in the South, like Reading University and Bristol University and all the ones around London and stuff, most of the top, quasi-top universities are in the South. Well, in Oxford and Cambridge are in the South. Yeah. Right. And so you have that in, in the States, you have in the Northeast, you have all of the, you know, you have Yale and you have Harvard and all of the kind of the, the what became the top universities. And I think, of course, this all really kind of ironically, or maybe not ironically is the wrong word, but this goes, it really goes back to the founding of the country, which, you know, New York City became the hub of the beginning of America um, and the beginning of the government. And... So much of the, you know, the Northeast was where everybody first went. And so it's where all of the the settlers settled and then everything kind of moved down and out. Um, so moved south and then west. And so you have all of that, you know, it became the sort of sen- intellectual center of, mm. of the United States. Um, and, and in some ways kind of still is because you have all of those top, many of those top universities there decently close to each other. Of course, when we talk about things being close to each other in the United States, we mean something very different than you all mean with things close to each other here, which is the other sort of, it doesn't necessarily have to do with regionality, but it's just another kind of truth of the differences between our two countries is our, our the way we conceive of distance. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before. Right. You know, how an hour journey here is like, oh, okay, that's... That's a bit like that. That's that's like a considerable amount of time of right. travel. And you in in the states, like an hour is like, oh, it's fine. It's like right. a short. It's people's commute some mornings every day is an hour. Right? You guys are like, so, oh, tw- it's only a twelve-hour drive. Right. And to us, it's a twelve-hour drive. Right. Yeah. I'll never forget. You know, talking to Michael. Where are you from? How far away are you from here? Oh gosh, I'm so, from so far away. It's like three hours on the train, and I'm like, oh my god, three hours on the train is nothing. So yeah. So it's. You know, when we, when I'm talking about the the distances between these, you know, elite universities or, or whatever in the Northeast, the, even the proximity of the states of the Northeast, I'm talking about a much bigger area, of course, than even when we're talking about the southern part of England or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the answer to your question from however long ago. I think the beginning of the North-South divide goes way, 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 way back to the beginning of our nation and then continues through and leading up to, and then, of course, after the Civil War. And you continue to, you know, you can trace things from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement, and then still to this day, you have you have the, you have more, quote-unquote, liberality in the Northeast, um, going back to when not so many people in the North had slaves, to, you know, more conservatism in the South, where going back, again, to the Civil War, where slavery was rampant and people on plantations and slavery was the thing they were fighting for and you know 
it goes, you know, Jim Crow was the thing of the South and the civil rights movement, whereas places in the North, it was, it wasn't perfect, but it was easier to be a person of color. There were fewer laws trying to, you know, take away your existence. And, you know, America's nowhere near perfect now. And, and you still have some of those kind of um, social divides as well in the state in the States right now. You know, Charlottesville, Virginia, which is pretty, oh, yeah, which is a part big. of the South, yeah. is where they had the big white supremacist rally where a protester was killed. So, you know, you have you have some of these still some of these regional divides um, that have a socio and cultural ramifications, consequences, you know, echoes, I would say, still today, which is, you know. I don't know, sad, interesting, curious, something to consider. <laughs> all of those, all of the above. Echo, echo. Yeah. So what about for you all? How do you how do you see the line? Where did this north-south sort of divide come for England? Well, I think um, it's really interesting because it's all, I think it, uh, from what I've read and researched, it all, a lot of people tend to agree, it all started in like the um the industrialization mm-hmm. um era so like the 1800s because mm-hmm. before that before you know the advent of machinery and the you know the birth of like proper mining and stuff um you could sort of count the whole of uh england and the united kingdom as like a well it's like all the hymns and stuff say like green and verdant land and stuff really the countryside was all the same Mm. everyone like there were little towns and hamlets and everything and really the main stay points were cities and cities were the important difference you know people went to cities and it was you know a different lifestyle compared to being out in the country and there was a real it was a before the industrialization era, it was much like a more of an even playing field. Like, well, and, but London has always been separate, really, from that, right? Yeah, but I've only I'd see, I see. I was thinking about this um, earlier today. Really, London at the time, like, it wasn't like a big center of um, industrial moving forward, even economy-wise. Like, London's economy wasn't always great at the time. Really, the only reason that London was important was because you know, at the time, oh, the king lived there. You right, know. but that I mean. As you're, I think, going to get to, it does all go back to class. Yes, yes. But, but, but for time immemorial, London has been, I mean, in Shakespeare's day, London was the place. In, in the Restoration, they talk about having a house in town, and they mean London. So London has sort but of why, always but been... But why this. have a house in town? Because court was in town. Right. Because the court was in London. Right, so it's all, I mean, it is all connected to class. I mean, class, class, is, class was the base thing, right. really. But then in in the 1800s, you know, with the advent of big machinery, when, you know, metal was already being used, um, areas in uh, the north of England, you know, places like Manchester and Leeds and Bradford and um, those areas where they um, where they where they discovered you know large veins of mining and stuff, they became industrial powerhouses. Right. You know, um, they were doing a lot of they were a lot of ironwork and smeltery, you know, and mining and um, me- and metal work, making products, um, lots of factories and stuff up north. That kind of um, oh gosh, isn't that why remember. it was called the Black Country? Well, that's the, that's the Midlands, which is it's apparently it's I didn't realise is its own the mid the whole of the Midlands is its own kind of beast, which mm. we'll, we'll talk about. We'll talk about that next time. Okay. 
And so during that 1800s, when a lot of stuff was being made up north and then kind of funneled down south mm -hmm. to be, you know, bought in London and exported around the world and stuff, that was like the beginnings of, 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 this divide. of the cultural, social divide. So the, so the north became known as sort of an industrial place, mm -hmm. whilst the south, what was... Whilst you know, cultural and yeah, elite. yeah, where it was more elite, where people the didn't things, have to work with their hands, yeah, essentially, yeah, right? yeah, 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 sure. And then that kind of all changed in the mid twentieth century, the latter half of the twentieth century, when um, deindustrialization was going on, and you know, we didn't need massive factories and stuff, and we weren't, and the mine, and you know, when the miners, when all the mining stuff was closing down in the seventies and the sixties, mm -hmm. and and I think that really kind of affected it, you know, and that's kind of those things have had massive ramifications. Because then industrialization left the North behind. Mm. And so then they had even sort of more cause to resent the the elites of the South. Mm -hmm, exactly. And right. a lot of and there, I, I read something just before we started recording, which was like it was as though at the time really smart, bright people in the North, talented craftsmen, you know, um, uh, people with money and you know land they would send their you know sons and daughters and themselves they would go to london because it was the hub where everything was going it was the center of their world yeah right yeah yeah and so how do you feel like today how do you feel like the the sort of north south divide manifests itself like where where do you see that culturally or socially you know i would have said Oh, I don't know, maybe ten years ago, ten, twelve years ago, there it was. It's kind of a funny thing, you know. It was mm -hmm. it was a very jovial kind of joshing about, you know, oh, you guys from the south, and you know, oh, so you're from the north, and you talk like that, and you know, Bath and Bath, that's the big thing, you know, right. with people with north with people with northern accents to say Bath, that's like a real posh snobby thing this is a, this is a massive generalization of course because obviously in the northern counties there are areas where it's not like where there right, are middle, where there are middle class people and upper class people just like here in london when there's um, right. you know the whole world is we we, we disclaimed yeah. this at the beginning yeah. it's okay yeah recently with um an elephant in the room which has cropped up in the last two years you really kind of see that there's a real... It's not a, so funny a, anymore. Yeah, it's not so funny yeah. that there is, like, a real split, mm -hmm. you know? And people, especially, like, you review stuff now about stuff that's going on further away from the south of England, and maybe perhaps that this convivial... Uh, no, um, convivial. Convivial thing that we all made fun of and this um, atmosphere of yeah we're all it's, it's funny that you it's say funny that you know you that off, maybe right? yeah and that you know we're all we're posh and snobby and you're rough and ready and working class and all that kind of thing that it's really had an effect mm -hmm. on the uk mm -hmm. and that it's it's that effect's not been addressed or right. noticed or you know tried to be you know, equalized or anything. Well, and it goes back to too, like the snobbery of the South because of because of London being the capital and the government being here, and perhaps the North feeling like the government, you know, hasn't been working for them. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. That the you know the more, yeah, that the and of course that the EU hasn't been working for them. That it you know that, that it's not doing what it it's supposed to do for the people of of the North or whatever. 
and that led them to kind of respond the way they did. And again, like you said, take away this sort of... It sort of lifted up the rose-tinted spectacles. Right, right. You know. Yeah. And And so I'd say now it's become less of a joke and more of a hard-hitting reality. Yes, that this is the way. Yeah, and I guess in some ways you can, again, connect that to this, this divide... Um, in the in the states, which is a similar thing, but with the region switched, where mm. very interesting, um, a large you know maybe a, a large portion of the South kind of thought that what they were voting for was what they wanted, and mm. you know, and of course, again, as we said, that's a big generalization. There are plenty of parts in the North, oh yeah, East where yeah, people yeah, did yeah. you know vote for that and all of that. So it's um it's quite interesting. Well, on a on a funnier note, something I wanted to talk about. Um, in, uh, just a funny difference between the two regions. Mm-hmm. A more lighthearted thing to discuss than the, um, <laughs> the terrifying politics the terrifying of the world that are in the room. Get um, away! Take the bananas and run! Ugh. Go away, elephants! Do elephants eat bananas? Of course elephants have bananas. Okay. Um, speaking of elephants... Speaking of elephants, <laughs> just so yeah, we'll we'll just let you know that um, so our little recording studio we have it, it, it it's um it's in a little cupboard and the cupboard is under the stairs and so we have some neighbours above us and it's, when they come down the stairs it is as if they are elephants I do they, they slam down the stairs like they weigh five hundred pounds um, <laughs> that was really good timing oh cupboard under the stairs we're like Harry Potter we are like Harry Potter. Um, Anyhow, the funny thing I was going to talk about was just um, up. this great phrase. Get up! That what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm doing some Harry Potter. Oh. Any Harry Potter fans out there? Can you stop doing Harry Potter? I'm telling a story. Aunt Petunia. Hashtag J.K. Rowling sponsor us. Uh, rude. <laughs> J.K. Rowling sponsor us. In the South, there is this phrase that anybody who is a Southerner uh, or ever lived in the South or probably ever went to the South um, is familiar with. And um, in my family, you know, I, I said in the beginning, my f- parents are not Southerners, but we spent a very long time, we spent over 20 years in the South living in North Carolina. And there's this phrase that people use that's bless her heart or bless his heart. And it's kind of a way to say relatively mean things and kind of cover up for them. Um and so what this kind of extends to is that one of the uh, stereotypes over generalizations pardon us the elephants are arriving goodness me what a large elephant that was look at those tusks those fine ears and he's holding a banana as well are you doing Attenborough right now I'm uh, well I was doing like a sort of 18th century explorer in deepest Africa oh my god okay you know, that kind of thing there. Who are the elephants? One of the sort of stereotypes over generalizations, I think, about the difference between the South and the North is that people think Southerners are polite and Northerners are rude. You know, there's this whole thing of New York City, you know, people from New York City are fast-paced and so they're rude and they have no time. And, you know, you go to a restaurant and they look at you and go, yo, what do you want? You know, it's that's that's sort of, this is one of these sort of stereotypes. And then when you have the South, you've got people saying, hey, y'all, nice to meet you. How can I help you? You know. Um, Would you like some tea? <laughs> 
Yeah, and you want sweet tea or unsweet tea. So one of the funny things um, about that, one of these sort of things that I think about sometimes that makes me laugh is this phrase, bless her heart, which is a way for you to say, oh, yeah, Jimmy, he looks like he got hit by a truck, bless his heart. So it's a way to sort of say something really terrible. Subtly, subtly insult. Subtly insult somebody, but then you finish it with like this blessing, you know, you're asking God to bless them. So it's, it's, it's still polite. It's still, it's still nice and sweet, you know. She ain't never going to graduate high school, bless her heart. You know, it's this sort of oh my God. way to say something terrible. It's so casual. <laughs> it's so casual. And I think, you know, I'm hope I, I hope I'm not offending any Southerners out there. If, if I am, send us a message and tell me that I'm awful. But uh, I just think that's very funny. And then I think that there is a flip side in the North, which is a lot of Northerners begin a statement with no offense and then finish a statement with something very offensive. <laughs> no offense, but I think you're an idiot, you know, or something like that. So it's... No offense, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, sweet tea is pretty, pretty terrible. <laughs> what is that voice? Isn't that New York? <laughs> that New York kind of it's like vibe? A, a, like a, a 1920s khaki. New York child? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's newsy. Like, you sound it's like a newsy, a newsy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we ain't going to deliver those papes. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> So, so that I just think that's really funny, and I don't I don't ever say it out loud, but sometimes I laugh to myself thinking of uh, bless her heart or bless his heart because I heard that so many times growing up. You know, women uh, in the South saying that uh, in my in my we, years. Yeah, we really don't, we, don't, we don't have that here in the UK. Really, the the, the quintessential stereotypes that people think of. Are, um, so if if you're from the north, you're probably rough and ready. You're very um, open. You know, yeah, um, yeah, drink a lot. Yeah, it's really te- it's terrible. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, you know, you're you're probably very hard. You know, whereas okay. if you're from the south, you're you're a posh, bit of a snob. Mm-hmm. You know, um, for I think just to help people for reference, currently in the entertainment world. Jon Snow on Game of Thrones speaks yes. with a northern accent. Everybody in the north, actually, in the Game of Thrones, the whole Stark family, yes. they were supposed to, they're kind of, I think George yes. R. R. Martin was doing that on purpose. They're the northerners. So, like, if you go way back to season one, Ned Stark is, like, a perfect example of a northerner. He's hard, he's tough, but he's kind. Yes. And he speaks, Sean Bean himself is from the north. Yes. Um, oh, I can't remember where he's from. But they would have... They Sean, would, Sean, if you can write in and tell us where you're from. <laughs> Our dear friend Sean Bean, please tell us where you're from. Uh, a quick Google search will tell you. He's from somewhere in the north. So that, But that accent, too, that um, Kit Harrington is doing. Yes, that's, that that's, that's has, like that's a very stereotypical, stereotypical northern, northern accent. Yeah. And then southerners who sound posh, when we use that word, you know, we're talking about RP, which we'll get into uh, in a couple of episodes. But uh, the kind of typical quote-unquote um, fancy British accent, sort of your accent. You have a, kind you of, have yeah. a relaxed RP. I have a very relaxed, yeah. But if I always, my reference point for people is if you think of the way Hermione Granger talks in Harry Potter, the way the accent Emma Watson is doing. Actually, her own accent is quite RP. Oh, She's quite posh. Helen Mirren, maybe? Helen Mirren's Helen very posh, Helen Mirren yeah. has a very nice RP accent. Yeah, very nice, um, yeah. The Queen, so the reason, you know, the Queen's English is RP, if you've ever listened to the Queen speak. Well, it's a very, it's, a, it's an a, old She's version. a dated RP, which, yes. again, we're going to talk about this in a couple of weeks. Yes, we'll, talk, is, we'll, we'll get into accents. This is the and stuff that really lights my fire. This yes. is what I'm a, such a nerd about. But but that's also, a, that, that's connected <laughs> to, to, the, to the differences in the way people 
stereotype northerners yeah. and southerners here, right? I mean, yes. accent, because the northerner talks thing. like this, yes. and it's slow and kind of you know the way. Yeah, the right. way people talk, I think, really it's highlights highlight. And it's I do think, and this is something again that I want to talk more about, but it has to do with this regionality divide, this regional divide, and not just north and south in this country, but everywhere. One of the things I noticed when I first moved here in 2014 is people's accents are one of the first things that is described about them. Mm-hmm. So in the United States, when you meet somebody new and you're getting to know them and they're telling you about their family, for example, oh, yeah, that's very you, true. Would say, you would say, um, oh, so you? what is your da- where are you from? Where and like, what from? does your dad do? Um, you would never, I don't think I would ever meet a new person and say to them, what from? does your dad talk like? You know, well, no one here. No one, no one goes up. To it's them. not that kind of question, but I'm. Let me get there. Let me get there. Listen. Hi, beautiful. It's, How are you doing? Yeah. Can I buy you a drink? What is? Where's your dad from? Tell me. Tell me that. But what I'm saying is, you're not listening to me. What I'm saying is, <laughs> when I started to make new friends and yes. would ask them about their families, and they would tell me about their parents, one of the first things they would always say about their parents is how they talk. And maybe that's because I met all actors and the way we talk is so important to us. But I I really remember a friend of mine saying, oh, my mom, well, she talks like this. And my dad, he talks like this. So there was this really, hmm. and, and I talk about it right now a lot at work with the people I work with. You know, where are you from and why is your accent like that? Because there are a lot of actors who work at my work and... A lot of people from all over, not you know, a lot, not very many, just like Londoners. Mm. That kind of comes into conversation, and so people talk a lot about the way that they talk. Mm. Whereas in the United States, that's not a huge part of the discourse. It's not a huge part of you guys don't really you don't really dissect. The only way it would come up is if you do have a really regionalized accent, and then somebody would say, "Where are you from?" and you'd say, "Oh, you know, South Carolina," and they'd go, "Sure," and they'd move on. You know, they wouldn't. They don't kind of get into it the way. I mean, this whole (laughs) this whole bath bath thing. Well, that's a big one. See, that's that's actually here. That's quite a big thing. That came up the other day at work. Somebody was like, I met this guy. He was, you know, talking about somebody who had been rude to him. And he was like, and of course he said glass. And he was really like, he was mad that this guy said glass. And then two other people were like, I say glass. What's wrong with saying glass? And he's like, oh, come on. It's glass. It's glass. So there was this really sort of... Because it sounds sounds posh. Right. People get fired up about the sort of pretension Hmm. involved in vowel sounds, which is crazy Hmm. (laughs) not crazy it's wild you know it's 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 just something i'm we don't americans have a different terminology for crazy okay by crazy they mean like it's a wonderful you know that's it's so interesting yes i don't mean insane that's what they mean for all the uk people out there not that you know you're all mad not like that that's not what we're saying it's just this is an important this is an important actually differentiation because you and I got into a little bit of a fight about that once because yes I, I yeah said, we did I said you were crazy and you were like really offended and I was like I don't mean that as a bad thing like a good thing yeah yeah, yeah. here's an interesting question do you think uh, the north south divide is a problem that that we could overcome or do you think we'll always have the north south divide. This is a really interesting question, very loaded. I think we could talk for, you know, we'll talk, we could talk for the rest of our lives about this. And we, you know, we probably will not on the microphone. Don't worry, people. But I do think the issue with the world or the difficulty with the world becoming as wide as it is, 
is that it also becomes smaller. So we're all so connected now that we can understand in a in a voyeuristic way what people's lives are like in other places because it's all on camera. It's all being recorded. It's all people are live tweeting from wherever, you know. And I think the difficulty comes with... So how do we maintain where we're from, who we are, mm. our culture, without mm. our culture taking away from someone else's, mm. you know? And America's entire history is founded on zapping culture from other people, as is you, the as UK's. As is the United Kingdom. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I think a lot of people would say, there is, if there is a North-South divide, who cares? It needs to stay there. It's how we are proud, you know? But the, the extension of that is what's happening right now in the U.S. is crazy people saying the South will rise again and, you know, trying to somehow hearken back to the Civil War and, you know... Likewise in the UK with right. people saying, oh, we have sovereignty and British, you know, the British Empire. Right. And trying to hearken back to a time when we were able to, you know, be on our own because we were being provided for right. by other municipalities and provinces. Around the entire world. Around the world. Right. Which we Whereas don't, nowadays yeah. you're facing the the truth that you're just a tiny island, you know? Mm. In, in, in a huge world with enormous countries. Mm. So, yeah, I do think that the North-South divide and all of the regional sort of divides are, I guess, I, I suppose we're, we're maybe adding to the problem by calling it a divide, you know, if we can come up with less divisive well, yeah, that's, language. Yeah. But, you know, it's about, it's about ensuring that culture is maintained without it becoming... Without infringing... Yes, and without it becoming, you know, coming to blows or becoming violent or becoming antagonistic. You know, how do we get people to not be offended by somebody saying glass and instead just go, oh, that's just how they talk or, or whatever it is, you mm. know? Because I do think it, these these distinct areas have distinct cultures. They have distinct traditions. They have, you know... Oh, yeah, wonderful, yeah. And it's a wonderful, vibrant part of their histories but it's ensuring, I think, that those parts don't become dangerous or volatile for other people, you know? And also finding a way that everybody can work together because they have to. Mm. And and I think we're on a precipice in both of our countries <laughs> of, of, no, of not really knowing what's coming next. You know, who knows what's going to happen in this country after March? And who knows what's going to happen in the U.S. really any day, but in the 2020 election and you know, how are we going to move forward from that? So I think it's always trying to find perhaps similarities rather than differences or mm. finding and celebrating differences, you know, without making them into negative things. Into negative, yeah. That's some heavy talk for mm. this podcast. Well, no, you, have to, you, have to be able to, you have to be able to talk about it, you know? Yes, of course. Because in the end, we all just want to get along. And I think some of the differences that highlight, you know, in in this uh, divide that we all talk about and all sort of subconsciously reference sometimes mm -hmm. and stereotype and things mm -hmm. that there are wonderful beautiful things that we need to um, accept and learn right. to love and you know we have to love differences as well as <laughs> a really funny example of that to me is that I refuse to give up the use of y'all you know well, I, I've been saying y'all now you've been saying that because you're married to me but I grew up in the south you know but all my family is from Philadelphia and I remember when I was a kid and we went to visit all of the all of the extended family 
some of my cousins would make fun of me for saying y'all because in in the north in Philadelphia they don't say that they kind of say like you guys or use guys or, or whatever but they don't use the the word y'all that's mm. a southern word mm. and I I remember being kind of embarrassed when I was a kid but then I was like I'm not giving this up y'all is a great useful word <laughs> and also it was like a little bit of the south that I could take with me and funnily enough when I left the United States to finally come here and be with you my very good friend Anna got me a little bracelet that says y'all on it. Mm. And I love to wear that bracelet. It makes me, it reminds me of home. It makes me feel, you know, good. And at my job here, I've had some people kind of, they're not making fun of me, but they, when I say y'all, they repeat it back because mm. it's not a word used in the UK. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a great collective word and I like to use it. And, you know, that's an example of what you were saying. If we can find a way to celebrate the differences, differences, celebrate honor the them. differences rather than point them out and, you know. I mean, and I love to, I mean, I love to say words in your accent or northern accent. We do that all the time in our flat. We just say funny things. <laughs> cool. I think it's great. So, yeah, it's about learning, I think, learning from others and and ultimately creating empathy. Yeah. Right? Finding a way to see the other person as a human and understand, you know. And resolve issues and problems that arise. Right. Well, here we are, solving we the are. world's problems on are. transatlanticism. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> if we could have um, seven million in funding, I think we could do it. Yep. So let's all just band together. Band you know, together. Sean, Sean, you're out there. You know, come <laughs> give us just a little bit. You know, we'll, we'll be more than happy. Who else we talked about? Your Majesty. Your Majesty. You oh, heard from me. Yes, Your Majesty. Please. Please. Um, who else? Dame Helen Mirren. Oh, Helen Mirren. <laughs> oh. Hello, Marin. What a lady. Emma Watson. Oh, we yeah, Emma Watson. You. Oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? <laughs> Emma. All of these people, please um, just write to us, fund us. No, I'm kidding. Um, so please sponsor us. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. To Transatlanticism. Remember, remember you got to like. Remember to hit that little star button. Mm-hmm. Let's get some stars on there. Like, and, and rate subscribe. us, subscribe us. Please share the podcast with anybody you think would like spread to listen it, to spread it. Spread it out like a fine dandelion seed facebook us instagram us tweet us reddit us tumble us snap us i don't am i missing any i'm just making them up now um write us us. on piece of paper throw (laughs) us out of window um pigeon pigeon us us, fox us fox us us. (laughs) cat us you know those cats going everywhere just put put some little flyers in in their collars and let them roam free (laughs) All jokes aside, you can write to us at transatlanticismpod at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Anything that you've been thinking about, uh, anything this brings up for you, any questions you have, any topics you'd like us to discuss, we'd and love we'll to... we'll happily read them out on the yes, podcast. Yes, we'd love to be responsive to our listeners. And uh, we're so grateful to you for listening. Tune in next week as we continue our discussion on regionality um, and talk about all the places we didn't talk about today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Look out. An elephant. Oh, God. <laughs>